Shalom, shalom, and welcome. It's Kenny Russell, Bulldozer Faith, living life in the Spirit. I hope this message finds you blessed and encouraged in Yahovah. And we just want to be here to edify the body, build up the body of Messiah, that we may be strengthened for the purposes of Yahovah, that we will see the king, His kingdom come and His will done. Tonight, uh, we are pre-recording here uh, because... Uh, uh, we had an issue with our broadcast uh, feed. Uh, we didn't have good enough internet, so we're just going to pre-record as I've put a notice out on uh, YouTube and also on other social networks. So we'll get this done. It'll also go out on podcast probably straight after I finish recording here and then released onto YouTube uh, tomorrow and uh, also on Facebook. So I apologize for those who were ready, standing by to be with us on the live stream. We weren't able to do that. But tonight, what are we going to talk about? Salvation out of Zion. So let's just take a moment to pray. Then we're just going to uh, dive into the Word tonight. And uh, I pray that this Word will be an encouragement and strengthen you in your faith. And we'll open our eyes to the days in which we're living, that we will see His kingdom come and His will done. <clears throat> salvation coming out of Zion. Thank you, Father. So, Father, we want to take a moment to lift up your name, to recognize who you are within our lives. We break the assignments of the enemy. We come against the assignments of Hasatan. We say you have no place in our lives. We release the favor of Yehovah, the blessings of Yehovah, the promises of Yehovah. Your promises are yes and amen. And we stand upon the victory that we have in you, Yeshua, and we know that with you all things are possible. And our desire, Father, is that we will be effective for the kingdom in everything that we say and everything that we do. So, Father, I pray you charge us with your spirit today, and I pray the words that we speak tonight will bring forth encouragement and uh, spiritual alignment to the days in which we are living, because these are such important important topics in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Yeah, you know, I just want to uh, quote one scripture just as we start. It's found in Psalm chapter 130, verse 7. O Israel, hope in Yehovah, for with Yehovah there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. And I don't know what seems to be happening, especially in this pandemic and everything that's going on around the world right now, the way we're seeing uh, our freedoms uh, taken away from us, the compromises and the things that are happening and how governments are seeking to lord it over uh, their um, uh, people. We're seeing it here in the land of Israel, and you're probably seeing it in the country that you're watching from. And we are uh, recognizing that, you know, we are losing our freedoms. But in the midst of that, we look at the end time prophecies and we look at the Christian Catholic message. And the reason I say Christian Catholic, because if it's non-denominational Protestant, it's still Catholic. It's still coming from a Catholic viewpoint. But the Catholic viewpoint of the end times is marred because it's not aligned with the true purpose of the gospel that we see within the scripture. It's not aligned with the promises that were given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. <clears throat> and the New Testament 
gospel Christian message is just, it's all just about salvation. Say the prayer, you're going to be redeemed, you get to go to heaven. And, you know, look, they understand the prophetic scriptures concerning Zion to a level, and they know that Israel has to return, but they think Israel returning is the Jewish people. And the reality, when we go to the scriptures, and we're going to share from the book of Jeremiah and a few other passages, you know, it talks prophetically that the whole house of Israel will will return. And it's not just Judah. And if you ask a lot of the Messianic Jewish community here in the land of Israel and also in other nations, they will be offended at you if you even think for one second that it's not just the Jews coming home, but the whole house. Because they'll say that Judah is the whole house and it's all been grafted into them and it's all about them. And that is not true because when we see the end time prophecies within the scripture, we see a clear separation of the house of Judah and the house of Israel. And this is confirmed in many scriptures. But what I want to uh, really home in on today concerning the times in which we are living, that we will get to that place that we understand the importance and why salvation has to come forth. And salvation has to come forth out of Zion. What's its purpose? And we're going to read the scriptures uh, on that in a second. But in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Yehovah is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And these are such important scriptures concerning our purpose and the agenda of what we are called to do. We are called to be effective for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are called to bring forth salvation to this generation. You know, don't rest, don't slumber until we see the deliverance of the nations, until we see the glory of Yehovah manifest in the nations. And how is he going to manifest? We see two ways in which he manifests. He man manifests in redemption. He redeems us. When Yeshua died on the cross, what did he do? He redeemed us. And I'm just looking at scripture there. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. It says, in him we have redemption through the blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace hallelujah so what do we see the redemption through the blood of yeshua he paid the price he redeemed us hallelujah he brought us to the place of being born again of uh, you know born again of the spirit and here's another thing that's important he atoned for us and what does that mean that uh, we have atonements and we talk about the day of atonement and we've just come to the end of the fall feast and part of the fall feast is the day of atonement and it's talking about the atonement of the nation so here's here's the point that I want to make here it's not just about redemption but it's also about atonement and what is the atoning uh, uh, the atonement that comes forth from Messiah he covers us with himself 
We are cloaked in who he is so that we can enter into the presence of the Father. And when the Father sees us, he sees us through the eyes of Messiah. So personally, we experience atonement. But also corporately, the Father expects us to experience atonement. And these are some of the scriptures that we are going to be looking at. And, you know, one of our favorite scriptures, John chapter 3, verse 16. For Elohim so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So the plan of salvation is so important. And when I look at some of the agendas of end time prophecy, it's like, just get the Jews back to the land. Uh, you know, don't worry about where Israel is. You know, we just need to get people saved. The Gentiles for on the, you know, the days of Gentiles, that they will be uh, full and complete. And then it will be the time for Israel. And many times when I listen to some end time prophetic messages it's like well you know what sort of picture do you see how is all israel going to get saved and oh when the messiah comes back he's going to reveal himself to the house of israel and they will all be saved i don't believe that's the right interpretation of the scripture because i believe the plan that we see within the scripture is that he wants to redeem us but he doesn't just want to redeem us. He wants us to understand our identity. What day are we living in? And, you know, this is where, you know, I can get myself in a little bit of trouble here. But I've been preaching this for years. The message that supernaturally transformed my life was the message that the land deal concerning Abraham, the land deal that was given to Abraham, is not for the millennial kingdom, it's for today. And when the Ruach HaKodesh spoke that word to me as a prayer walked here in the land of Israel, it set me on fire and brought me to a place where all of a sudden my eyes were opened up and I saw the scriptures like I hadn't seen them before. I started to piece things together and see prophetically what was being said concerning the promises of Israel, then I realized that, you know, the Christian agenda, the Catholic agenda is just get the Jews back to Israel and the Messiah can return. Because the church knows that if, if Israel returns, then the Messiah comes. It's not Messiah comes and then Israel returns. And yes, look, I know there will be those who will be gathered from the nations in their heavenly bodies and brought back to the land. I understand that. But there's a work that has to take place in the basis of Zion. And I want us to really think about that for a second. I want us to home in on that uh, statement, salvation out of Zion. And I believe the greatest love story that needs to be told today is the outpouring of the Ruach HaKodesh that will come here in the land of Israel that will make an impact to the nations. Everyone's like looking at the, the signs of the times and saying, yep, it all looks like it's, it's, it's coming together. You know, what did we see back in 2000? I think it was 15, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, 
you know, it's the Shemitah, the Jubilee. Uh, this is the year of the, the return of the Messiah, the blood moons and all of that uh, stuff. And everyone's all hyped up. And oh, yeah, all, everything. You just look at everything that's going on around the world. And it looks like everything is in place for the return of the Messiah. But let me let me ask you a question. You know, there's, there's huge chunks of the Bible that has to be missed out for you to have your return of Yeshua moment. And what are the key things that are missed out? The fulfillment of what we see in Ezekiel chapter 37 about the two sticks becoming one in my hand and being established within the land of Israel. That I will place you in the land. That I will deal with your sin. I will forgive you of your sin. And right back in that portion of Scripture, you know, Ezekiel chapter 37, we shared this uh, on the last message where we talked about, uh, I can't remember if it was a Zoom call or if it was um, the Torah, his story. You can look at both of them. But, you know, what does it say in this portion of Scripture of the reuniting of the nation? And Yeshua, you know, he made it clear in his ministry. He said, I've come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So don't get me wrong for why I'm here. I'm here to bring the gospel of the kingdom. And that's the message that was preached uh, to us. And that's the message we see in the Gospels that are handed down to us. But in verse 22 of Ezekiel 37, I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. There will be one king over all of them, and they will never again be two nations or be divided into two kingdoms. They will no longer defile themselves. And this is the key. They will not defile themselves with their idols and vile images or with any other offenses. For what? I will save them from their sinful backsliding. Hallelujah. We want to proclaim that this is the day of salvation. And don't give up on the day of salvation because you think Messiah is coming at this time. Don't give up on the day of salvation. I will save them from all of their sins, their backsliding, and I will cleanse them. They will be my people, and I will be their Elohim. And this is what I pray for earnestly on a daily basis. Father, show up in this place, you know, that we will understand who Israel is. It's not about uh, the natural descendants of Abraham. Yes, they are welcome to come in, but you, you can't reject Yeshua and think you're going to walk in the fullness of the promise of Yehovah. No. You are Israel, if, and you have Abraham as your father if you have faith in Yeshua. If you don't have faith in Yeshua, you know, you can say you're Jewish all day long, but, it, but you are without covenant. And, you know, we can break down the elements of understanding the covenants and, and why just to be Jewish isn't enough. And, you know, this, this is why this whole picture from the Christian viewpoint is just get all the Jews back to the land and the rapture will come. The church will be lifted up and uh, be married to, 
to uh, Christ, and then we'll come back, conquer, uh, you know, Hasatan, Satan, and Israel. The Jewish people will look on the one whom they have pierced. <laughs> and again, what do we see in Isaiah 53? Salvation. They will look on the one whom they have pierced. You know, there is Jewish people right now. There are people in the nations, not just Jewish. There's Africans, there's Americans, there's Scottish, there's British, European people, Australian people, New Zealand people. People from all the nations of the world are looking upon the one whom they have pierced and they're recognizing who he is. So it's not just about being of natural descent. But it's understanding who the Messiah is, that we need salvation. So turn with me to the book of Psalms. We're going to read from 53, verse 1. The fool says in his heart, there is no Elohim. They are corrupt in their way, and their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. Elohim looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there are any who understand and who seek Elohim. Everyone is turned away. Uh, they have together become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Will the evildoers never learn? Those who devour my people as men eat bread and who do not call on Elohim. There they, will, they were overwhelmed with dread, where there is nothing to dread. Elohim scattered the bones of those who attacked you. You put them to shame, for Elohim despises them. And in verse 6 it says, Oh, that salvation... And, and again, emphasize this, salvation. Oh, that salvation of, uh, for Israel would come out of Zion when Elohim restores the fortunes of his people. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. And it's talking about what? The whole house of Israel. And there's another uh, section here. Let me just have a look where we're at here. Uh, in Psalm chapter 14, it's pretty much the same uh, word for word. There's just a couple of changes in that last verse um, that is proclaimed here. And it says uh, pretty much the same all the way through to verse 7. It says, oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion when Yehovah restores the fortune of for his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the importance of what it truly means to walk in salvation. And this is what the Father wants to get to. He wants us to get to the place that we recognize who we are in him and what the Messiah has done. Hallelujah. It says in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 12, he will raise a signal for the nations and will assemble the banished of Israel and gather the, dis, um, the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So what's it saying? We see even in this scripture, Israel and Judah, the house of Israel and the house of Judah, he is saying, I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to bring them back to that place so that they can walk in the fullness of the blessings of Yehovah. Hallelujah, as we look upon 
uh, Yeshua and we recognize who he is. I believe that the natural descendants of Abraham, the Jewish people that are here in the land, and, you know, I believe that we, we do have the Jewish people in the land. I know there's a lot of controversy over who is in the land. Are they truly Jews? And, and look, I understand there are people here uh, you know, maybe even millions of people here who have no Jewish descent and uh, they're just classified as Jews, especially a lot of the Russians that came out uh, of Russia back to the land of Israel. And many of them today are, are making up a lot of the portion of the Messianic community as they've come to faith in Messiah, which is really amazing. So really, for us, it doesn't really matter. But one thing we do recognize that Zion, this place, you know, historically we understand where we are standing. You know, uh, Zion is not in another location. And, what you know, when we, we look at Zion, what are we talking about? Being joined with Elohim. This is the blessings of Zion, being joined with him. And that's that picture of when you're grafted in and it's bound together with that tape. That's the joining together. And that's what happens to us with the Father. We are joined with him. That's why Zion is called the city of the king. The city of Yehovah, it's his place, it's his dwelling. And we don't just join with him, we dwell with him. Hallelujah. So we want to see redemption, the importance of redemption to the whole house of Israel. The land deal is for today and not the millennial kingdom. So go through your scriptures, your prophetic scriptures with that viewpoint. And don't just take my word for it, but you tell me what you see within the scriptures and recognize that there is some untangling that we have to do from, uh, you know, some of the teaching we've received from the Christian church. So Jeremiah chapter 16, uh, if you just turn there, I just want to read a few scriptures here that I believe are so important. I want to get in your spirit. Verse 14, however, the days are coming, declares Yehovah. When men will no longer say, as surely as Yehovah lives, who brought the Israelites up out of Egypt, but they will say, as surely as Yehovah lives, who brought the Israelites up out of the land of the north, out of all of the countries where he had banished them, for I will restore them to the land I gave to their forefathers. I will restore them to the land I gave to the forefathers. Let me tell you something. When we come into that place of salvation, when we are redeemed, you know, it's not just, well, okay, that's another one redeemed. You know, and the angels ticking off how many people are being redeemed and then the end can come. No, we have a purpose here. We have a purpose to push back evil and bring the promises of Yehovah. I really believe that we are on the verge of a mighty outpouring of the Spirit and all of the negative thoughts of uh, the timing. And, you know, as Haley and I were... Uh, just going through the scriptures today, um, you know, there was a few scriptures we're looking at in relation to false prophecy. Um, I can't remember exactly what the scripture was we're reading this morning, but uh, uh, maybe I'll find it in a minute. But one of the things that uh, was important is that uh, we have to understand the timing of the promises of Yehovah. And we had... Uh, 
prophets standing up saying in the Babylonian uh, uh, times when they were uh, Israel was scattered to or, uh, Judah was sent into Babylonia. Um, we see what takes place there when Anana, the prophet, when he stands up and he says, you know, two years, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry about, you know, what you see. It's all going to be okay. And, you know, what's uh, uh, Jeremiah's response? <laughs> Amen, you know, <laughs> if that's what you think. And then what takes place, a very strong word comes to him. And what is that word uh, to Hanana. The word is, you know what? You, you have compromised. This is not the word of Yahovah. And he pretty much, he died. The, he was cursed to death because of bringing false witness and false prophecy to the people. So it's very important that what we bring before Yahovah and what we bring before the people is from the scriptures. And what I love about uh, uh, the importance of holding the word and having the word we don't want to take our ideas to the scriptures but we want to go to the scriptures and discover what they say and look out we have so many denominations we have so many divisions within the body of messiah for what purpose because of everyone's different interpretation of what the scripture says and we need to unravel all of the points to understand the days in which we are living so i've i've shared before that i do not believe that the book of revelation is the great exodus that we just saw there in jeremiah chapter 16 we're not going to think about the first exodus because of the second exodus i believe it's an event that takes place before and you know for some people they'd be like well i just don't know if i can have the faith to believe such a thing but you know look as you go through the scriptures and you just look at the order of the scriptures and what they say be encouraged uh, that uh, portion of scripture we're talking about the prophet and it's that great scripture in jeremiah chapter 29 what does it say for i know the plans i have for you declares yahovah plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope in a future you know th this is awesome and everyone likes to quote that scripture but you know what does it say settle build your houses you know you're going to be uh, in Babylon uh, for a little bit longer than you expected. Okay, Hanania, that's who the prophet was. It's in chapter 28. You can read about Hanania, the false uh, message that he brought forth. And, you know, we don't need tingling messages and messages that just run around along with the mainstream Christian message. No, we need to discover what the scripture says concerning the times and the days in which we are living. And we stand upon the promises of Yehovah. So what does Jeremiah say after Hananiah, uh, you know, and his declaration? You know, Jeremiah stands up and says, listen, marry, uh, plant crops. You're going to be here for a while. I know the plans I have for you, declares Yehovah. <clears throat> he knows the plans. But in this place of, cap uh, of uh, captivity, you're going to be captive longer than you think it's not going to be two years as you saw in chapter 28 from uh, this false prophet and this is the problem we have today people are looking our prophets are looking at the signs of the times and the things that we see happening today 
And then they're bringing forth these prophecies which are causing people to alter the plans of their life. It's affecting your very life. It's affecting your understanding. It's affecting your walk. It's affecting the steps that you take. And they're calling people down a path that goes against the scriptural um, direction that Yahovah wants you to go in. And I want to encourage you to the study. Don't take my word for it, but get to the study of the redemption of Israel and, and what it truly means to have the redemption of Israel. And, you know, what do we talk about the spring feast? It's about your personal salvation. Uh, you know, we, we talk about... Uh, you know, Passover, he is our Passover lamb. We talk about unleavened bread, dealing with the sin factor within our lives and being cleansed. We talk about the outpouring of the Ruach HaKodesh. Hallelujah. These are all about us personal, but you start dealing with atonements and you start dealing with tabernacles and the Feast of Trumpets and you start to realize that the Fall Feast, and, and even though we can see Yeshua in every element of it in His first coming, and we can see how it applies in part to us today, like I said on the atonements, the, the covering that we have in Yeshua before the Father. We don't have the fullness of these things. Why? Because the feast, uh, uh, the, the Day of Atonement and the feast that we see in the Fall Feast, they are about the, the nation of Israel and not about you as an individual. That's why we need community and we need to come out of being independent and on our own. So anyway, I just be encouraged with that scripture there. I want to read a few scriptures to you. I'm going to read in Jeremiah chapter 23. Uh, what verse am I going to look at? You, look, you can read all of these chapters and uh, go through all of this because this is, is so important what we see. And this is going to be referring from the book of Kings. It says in verse 5, of Jeremiah 23. In fact, before I read it, just, you know, recognize what it says at the beginning in verse 1. Woe to the shepherds who have destroyed and scarred the sheep of my pasture, declares Yehovah. Therefore, this is what Yehovah, the Elohim of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scarred my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil that you have done, declares Yehovah. I myself will gather the remnant of the flock of all, out of all of the countries where I have driven them. Huh. So what do we see here? This scripture is especially important concerning the Messiah and his love for the people. Woe to you, shepherds. You're not looking after the people properly. You are not bringing them to the place of uh, redemption. And, you know, what's the scripture saying? I, Yehovah, I'm going to gather the remnant of the flock out of all the countries where I've driven them, and I will bring them back to, the, the, to their pasture where they will be fruitful at increasing number, and I will place shepherds over them who will tend them and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares Yehovah. This is the lead up 
to uh, verse 5. And, you know, before we read into to, to, to verse 5, just take a picture of what we are seeing. Woe to the shepherds. Woe to those prophets that are leading the people down the wrong road. And many of them have got good intentions, but it doesn't matter what your intentions are. If you are deceived and blinded, and, you know, you've got the wrong viewpoint of the times in which we're living, you know, what do you do? You lead the people down the wrong path. You know, look at things like the Humbinger, the Schmitta, uh, you know, the Blood Moons and the offers of these books. And they were all going crazy, telling everyone what to do. And, you know, they'd, they'd have interviews and the offers would and say things like, uh, you know, look, I'm not a prophet, but uh, get ready for the whole money collapse. And, okay, uh, well, that was uh, six, six, seven years ago. And it didn't happen. And uh, your blood moons didn't usher in uh, the coming of the Messiah. And so, so what are you going to do in the timetable? You know, are, are you expecting things to happen on a Jubilee? Is it going to happen on a Shemitah? Uh, you know, and you've got all these different questions. And then all of a sudden, their calculations don't work. But yet they deceive so many people. They led so many people. How many buses were here in the land of Israel for the sighting of the new moon for the Feast of Trumpets back in 2015? They were all lined up with this expectation. How are we coming to the land of Israel to see the return of Yeshua? Is this the time of the rapture? This is what they were thinking. This is what was happening. That people showing up because of the false teachings and stuff that were going on with their pots and pans. Well, we've sold everything. Here we are in Israel with no visas, with no right to stay here. But, oh, we're here. It's the end of the world. This is going to be it. Well, guess what? It wasn't it. We're still here. Why? Because in verse 5 it says, The days are coming, declares Yahovah, when I will raise up to David, a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called. Yehovah, our righteousness. Hallelujah. So then the days are coming, declares Yehovah, when people will no longer say, as surely as the Lord lives who brought the Israelites up out of Egypt, but they will say, as surely as Yehovah lives who brought the descendants of Israel up out of the land of the north and out of all the countries where he had banished them, then they will live in their own land. But what are we seeing? We're seeing the importance of salvation, the deliverance of Yehovah. We're seeing that within the scriptures. And, you know, we're in uh, chapter 29. I just want to read a couple of verses there as well uh, because, uh, you know, these are, are great verses that we see in verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares Yehovah, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. We see that in Deuteronomy chapter 30. I'm going to circumcise your heart. Hallelujah. 
I will be found by you, declares Yehovah, and you and I <laughs> and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares Yehovah, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. And what we see here is a powerful word. I know the plans I have for you. And we see a partial fulfillment, don't we, of them coming out uh, of the Babylonian exile after 70 years. But it's bigger than that. It's far beyond that because we are seeing the redemption plan that the Father has for the whole house of Israel. And I want you to start thinking from this viewpoint, from a scriptural viewpoint, and tell me if I'm wrong. You know, you go do your study. You can write to me, Kenny, at bulldozerfaith.com, you know, with, uh, you know, what you think and how you see the end times, uh, you know, rolling out. You know, how many great teachers of the book of Revelation, even the study of Torah, are telling us, look, I can't say for sure that this is the time, but we have all the right signs. And then you have one disaster after another disaster, another earthquake, another war, another event takes place. And, oh, this only confirms how close we are. Let me tell you something. We have to see the restoration of the whole house of Israel. And if you are born again of the Spirit, you are grafted in to the commonwealth of Israel. Your identity is called to be in Israel. So when the blindfold comes off the eyes of Israel in Romans chapter 11, what's it talking about? It's talking about the entire body of Messiah, which is not the church. The church does not exist within your scripture. The word ecclesia doesn't translate to give you a new religion that Jesus birthed. No, he did not birth a new religion. It's the ecclesia. It's the assembly of Yehovah. The same gospel that was preached to Abraham, which we see in the book of Hebrews. You know, the same gospel that was preached to Abraham is the same gospel that we are walking in. Father Abraham had many sons. How many sons is Father Abraham? I am one of them. Why? Because it's, it's those of faith. It's those who believe are the true seed of Abraham. So I want to encourage you to recognize who you are, to read the scriptures through the eyes of being Israel. The Torah is for you. Don't be afraid of the Torah. Don't be afraid of embracing the Torah. But you don't have to embrace Judaism. You don't have to follow their... Torah cycles, you don't have to go through anything that you see coming forth from Judaism. Uh, you know, even Judaism understands that Ephraim has to return. E you know, even the rabbis, they get that picture. So why does the Messianic community not get it? Why does the Christian church not get it? And, you know, what's the missed bag of understanding within the Hebraic root type of uh, groups? What are they seeing? You know, I've had leaders called me up back in 2015 asking uh, if I could assist them in uh, directing them in the right way so they could open bank accounts in Israel to put their money there, getting ready for the American economy to crash. I'm just like, you're on your own. You know, you've mi you're missing the time. You don't even know what day it is, yet we're preaching and telling people, you know, 
trying to give them, you know, an educated understanding on the end times. So the land deal is for today. We need the redemption of Israel, and then we see the atonement of Israel. So we need the individual redemption of each and every person that is called into the house of Israel. We need them to return to the land. We need them to have the forgiveness of sins. You can't come back to the land and then just live as you please. That's not what we see in Ezekiel chapter 37. He says, I will cleanse you from your uh, sinful ways, your backsliding. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to be in fellowship with you on Mount Zion to such a level that the nations of the world will recognize who I am. And what I love about the world getting darker right now is when the light shines, it's going to shine best in the place of darkness. You can put your lights on in the day and no one will even know you've got your lights on. But you put them on in the darkest of night. All of a sudden, those beams become more effective. And I thank you, Father, that you're going to light up the nations with the glory of Yehovah and with salvation that's coming forth from Zion. So my encouragement today is that we look at salvation coming out of Zion. We look at the importance of being bound, bonded with Messiah, uh, fellowshipping, communing with Yehovah in the city of the king. So let's go up to Mount Zion. Let's recognize where we are called to be and what the Father is saying. But never lose touch in these end times. And it is the end times, of course. But, you know, we're not waiting on 10 minutes. We're not waiting until next uh, trumpets and then it's all going to happen. There's still a lot of work to be done. There's still a lot of events that need to take place. Yes, things can be accelerated and I'm all for that. I pray for the acceleration for salvation. That's why I love that scripture we just mentioned uh, in the book of, of uh, uh, Peter, uh, chapter, uh, 2 Peter chapter 3. It says, Yahweh is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness. Why is he patient towards us, not wishing that any of us should perish so that we can all reach repentance? So let's pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Let's pray for the land of Israel. Let's pray also that we will be effective in our witness in whatever capacity the Father has called you to be. I'm not telling you you have to preach off the, the rooftops, but be who the Father has called you to be. And let's be a blessing to the communities that we are in to bring glory to Yehovah. And watch for the true signs of the scripture. Read Deuteronomy chapter 30 and you will see. I'm going to bring you back to Torah and the nations and these are the key factors that we need to understand and this is what Smith Wigglesworth promised, uh, prophesied, not that he understood what he was saying. There needs to be a marriage between the word and the spirit. And what's that message? It's the Torah and the Spirit coming together. Because the message of grace, justification through faith, it's not a message from the New Testament. It's a message from the Torah. It's what we read in Genesis. Abraham was justified by faith. He believed. And it was credited to him as righteousness. 
Hallelujah. We have to understand what the scripture says. So I pray this message has been an encouragement to you. And, you know, <laughs> read Jeremiah chapter 29. Don't be getting all ready like you're checking out. It's like the Messiah's coming back in 10 minutes. Uh, this is the end of the end. Listen, calamities, disasters, famine, uh, wars, earthquakes, volcanoes. It's all going to keep happening. But we're not in that place of the end of the end yet. We need to watch Israel and see the deliverance of what's going to happen here. Because modern day Judaism is not going to rule from the land of Israel. Because modern day Zionism is anti-Messiah. It's anti-Christ. Its agenda is against the agenda of Yehovah. And the quicker you understand that, you know, you'll stop studying the whole foundation of modern-day Zionism. If you do any dates on the basis of the re-establishment of the nation of Israel, you, you're totally messed up because you have been sold out to what has been set up as an angel of light. Yes, I'm thankful for what's happening here in the land of Israel, but I'm also understanding what's taking place. What's taking place here is not the return of the house of Israel that I see within the pages of my scripture. And that's the difference. I don't see a nation that's embracing believers in Messiah. Oh, you can be an evangelical Christian. You can give to Israel. We'll even invite the Pope and all their Catholic idols because you're good for the economy. That's their, that's their motive. Father, it's time for salvation for the land of Israel. And we pray right now corporately that you will pour out your spirit on this land. Help us, Father, to understand our identity as Israel, that we are Israel. This is not replacement theology. This is removing the whole understanding of the church and putting it back within the context of the word. And that is the assembly. Then when we go back to first mention, the assembly first gathered at Mount Sinai. So we go from Mount Sinai, Sinai to Mount Zion, the city on the hill. Thanks for watching. Hope you're blessed and encouraged. If this message is blessed and encouraged, I want to encourage you to share it with others. Hit the share on your social media. <clears throat> also, if you want to support the ministry and get behind the work that we are doing, we are gearing up as fast as we can to get in place so that we can be more effective in training and equipping people in outreach and taking teams on the streets to bring forth salvation. Support us in this work. You can do that by going to bulldozerfaith.com. You'll also see a link in this broadcast on how you can give as well. There's a give tab there on the website. You can send uh, donations by mail, uh, by credit card, also by bank transfer and uh, Zella as well. So we appreciate you. Thanks for joining with us. Until next time, shalom, shalom.